This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. My name is Walt, his name is Chase, and each and every week we bring you content that is dedicated to motivating and encouraging you guys to get in the great outdoors. And uh, every first week of the month, or as close as we can get it uh, to the first week of the month, we try and do a live Instagram uh, podcast with you guys, kind of do a BS session, hang out, answer questions that you guys have. So if you're interested in joining those, like us on Instagram, hit the little bell notification. That way you get notified every time that we go live because unfortunately, because we're a hunting content creator, uh, Instagram uh, kind of, uh, I guess the word censor, I don't really like that word, but I guess that's what they're doing. They're kind of censoring our content. They don't optimize us like they do other people. So the only way you're going to get notified most likely is if you hit that little bell notification, which is a question that we've been getting uh, the last couple times that we've done this was like, Hey guys, I don't know your life. Well, that's how you do it. Go to Instagram, hit post notifications. You'll get notified every time we do something. That's the best way of doing it. Um, with that being said, we got some thank yous to be had. We're going to get this out of the way at the beginning because this is when most people aren't on Instagram yet. But uh, each and every week, we try and say thank you to people who give us love on the podcast through Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding source that allows us to upgrade our camera equipment, pay for gas when it's $4 a gallon, travel out of state and go hunt places, travel and film with each other. And so it offsets the actual cost of the show and helps us take it to the next level. So uh, one of the ways that we say thank you is a podcast shout out. So huge shout out to Joey Bell, Shane Davis, and Patrick Ashcroft. Uh, Thank you gentlemen for signing up here recently. Uh, All three of those gentlemen are getting free hats and stickers. Uh, I've got those packaged up and they're going out this Saturday to them. And uh, so if you're interested in supporting the show, you get discounts on all the merch whenever we do uh, a run of merch, whenever uh, you want to buy something that we're selling, it's a limited run, you get discounts, you get uh, free hats, free stickers, shout outs, and you can also get added to our Marco Polo group and our discord digital deer camp uh group which is just a great way to interact with people both on a video chat level and also just as in a forum style that uh, interact with people who have got skill sets that we don't have that you may not have and learn from them so i'm not going to belabor that to the end of the world but i am going to say this chase i just told you this earlier but i ordered somewhere i think it's right around 100 magnets and these magnets are going to get tossed into the next 50 Hobla Gobla t-shirt orders. So if you order uh, a Hobla Gobla t-shirt from the time you're hearing this podcast on, uh, I've got to update the website tonight, but you will definitely uh, have the opportunity. I got 50 something of them over here behind me and that just came in. And if you order one of those 50 shirts, you get some free magnets. So we've got a little CT turkey track. We've got a little shotgun shell with a CT on there. And we're going to start throwing those in there for you guys. So 
Hope you check it out. Check out Chasing Tales Outdoors if you want to know about the podcast and uh, buy a hobla gobla because it is turkey season. Oh, yeah, it is turkey season. It, did you mention on the Patreon that we do two giveaways a year? I didn't. Why don't well? you take that away? Yeah, well, as a way of saying thank you and kicking in, we like to kick into spring and kick into fall uh, with giving away something to our Patreon members. Uh, it's a random giveaway. We pick one uh, for the giveaway. This last giveaway, I think we gave away a 20-gauge shotgun, turkey calls, uh, and a slew of other things. I think we actually gave away to two different patrons. We did. We had two uh, tiers. Two tiers. Uh, and we're planning on doing something uh, similar in the fall. So that's all a part of the uh, Patreon package as well. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, re- we kind of redid things to where uh, people would get their – get it in time to use it for the season. Um, and so deer season will not happen well, well in advance, but we've got other things that we're going to do giveaways for as well. They're just not going to be as big. Like I'm looking at two books over here that I bought with the sole purpose of giving them away. Uh, they're both whitetail oriented. So we're going to wait to, to announce that, but we're going to do a lot of little fun stuff like that as we go. Um, Vital Grounds Outdoors says, will these t-shirts help me kill more turkeys? Absolutely. It is a 100% improvement of your current skill set. <laughs> I, I i don't know if that's still enough but it is definitely going to give you 100 percent improvement so uh <laughs> slammer opening thank you man i appreciate you ugly step kid james good to see you man it has been quite some time got a bunch of people in here tonight man i always love doing this john ryan porter what's going on two and 12 hours <laughs> yeah yeah so ron's making reference to the fact that i killed two birds in 12 hours i killed one uh, monday evening and the next one uh tuesday morning and so i'm gonna try and do my best not to tell that podcast that story too much because adam was supposed to be here tonight uh initially and he's busy with work and can't break away so we're gonna you know redo this at a later time and do a, an episode with Adam breaking it down. He actually had to leave early during the hunt. And so we didn't get to do it in person, which sucks, but you know, there are worse things. Yeah. 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 You, you, you had a great uh, 12 hours, uh, which I'm trying to think it was a few years ago back when on, it was like opening day, I shot one in the evening time and then shot one the very next morning. And then, season's over <laughs> yeah uh but i mean i got to hunt with some buddies uh stuff like that not having to worry about carrying the gun who's going to shoot all that stuff so that's right uh that's always fun as well and uh i'm hoping uh, to tag out by this weekend myself so uh, i can do um so everybody knows i filmed for my buddy brandon ogden on one of his quota hunts this past weekend uh, and I just had a blast being out there with him, calling, filming, not necessarily having to worry about being the trigger person uh, on the hunt. And I enjoyed just as much as catching him on film and him shooting that bird as I think I would have if I'd have shot it myself. So, oh, yeah, it was a great time. I can officially say I've all, you know, you, you, you envision before you actually do something what you're gonna like are you gonna enjoy it is it gonna how's it gonna rank amongst all these other things when i called that turkey in for adam and we put you know put him on that bird i can officially say that i think i am just as comfortable being behind the camera if not more than i am the person behind the gun that was so much fun i really i really wish it hadn't been raining as badly as it as it was and i could have taken the sony because we had some really killer encounters that we were lucky enough to catch on good audio because we, as I said before, when you guys sign up for Patreon or when you buy t-shirts. So if you don't want to sign up for Patreon, you want to buy a t-shirt, anything that we have on the website, the money goes towards these kind of things. But Chase, you and I upgraded our solo filming options. We got new uh, action cams and Insta 360s and the audio recording on those devices is unreal. I remember when GoPros were so bad, you, you just muted the video because it was like a noise inside the little waterproof casing. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had a hen come in. I'll I tell you what, I can't tell this part of this. I can tell this part of it because uh, it's not like the main punchline. But you guys need to check the YouTube channel because we had a hen come in and she came in from close to 100 yards away talking the entire time. Came all the way to 10 Hobbit steps. 
from me and sat there the whole time. And I'm just like a chatty Kathy, just going and going and going and going. And she put on what we're calling the calling clinic. And there's going to be in the YouTube video, we're going to have a condensed version of it. Um, and then I'm going to do the full length video as its own. So you can hear what those calls sound like at a distance because she came from so far to so close she was making the same noises the whole way, but it was amazing what you picked up on. And I have listened to that video, dude, it has got to be like 10, 15 times just because the noises and the vocalizations that she made, it was this beautifully rare opportunity and glimpse to see how a wild turkey communicates. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I got to hear some of that. It really was cool. And the audio, I've noticed the audio on it is uh, really good myself just by just having it out sitting there in the morning, uh, catching gobbles, yep. stuff like that. Uh, I mean, it, it's pretty impressive what it can do. For sure. Answering uh, Vital Ground, are you running the 1Rs or the or the, the ones or the 1Rs? I think we've got the X2s, right? The 1X2s? Yeah, X2. Think, yeah. That, 360 that, X2. Actually, I got the box right here. Hang on, I'll tell you, because I can't throw a box away. It is the Insta 1X2. 1X2, okay. Yep. So uh, this thing is ridiculously powerful. It has changed everything because honestly, one of the, the issues that we faced is both of us face this is it's so difficult to have a directional camera facing where you need it to be. And that Insta 360, when you and I were talking like, how do we take YouTube to the next level? How do we take this podcast to the next level? I feel like in this, hear me out. I'm not bragging, but I feel like we've got the podcasting part of it down, right? Like we're all, there's still room for improvement, but you and I know how to have a podcast now and we can do it pretty consistently. The next thing, you know, you and I had a real open conversation. We're like, listen, we need to take our video to the next level. What, what What's the issue? And the issue is there's just these moments where you have the opportunity to push one button and that's it. And then you have to seize the opportunity. And unfortunately, a directional camera kind of sucks in that regard because you have to keep up with it. And with the Insta360, maybe it's not the best footage, but at least you're always capturing something. And I've taken it a step further. I've got the Insta360, the DJI, and then I've got my Tacticam on there. And this has got that zoom function, which like, you know, kind of crops in. And so uh, mm-hmm. you can get, get the action through this. Uh, shout out Bowhunter Chronicles. Adam Miller sent me that thing. And it is amazing. <laughs> it is but, nice. It, it's it's a good time right on same one it's awesome yeah no it really is and it's cool so you'll see it in the video uh i had my dji the way i run my camera setup chase you can tell me how you do yours my dji is right here and it's on a little thing that pivots up and down so when i'm sitting down it's like looking down the barrel you kind of get a wide angle i've got the insta 360 off to the side and then the the tacticam running on the barrel yeah yeah i am I'm actually probably fixing to change some of my stuff. Okay. Um, I saw these uh, DUI kind of camera monopods online, okay. super cheap to make, super easy to make, just stick in the ground, so basically on PVC. Right. PVC with some caps. It's got this bar that runs through it, and it just sticks right in the ground and kind of move it around. I think I'm going to go with that. For if I'm going by myself, I'll have the DJI Osmo. I'll have that for one of them. And I was noticing with the 360 with the little monopod that has the charger and everything on it. Like if you're not on flat ground, like it wants to like sync one way or the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, most of the time that's not an issue, but I, I did find sometimes this past weekend where it was just kind of like, all right. I can't put this thing exactly where I want to. Like it may it, now it might be exposed as opposed sure. or more exposed than what I want it to be. Or I want it to be on my left side, but now I have to move it over to my right side because it's not uh, balancing out. So I think I'm going to try some of that. I bought the stuff to build those today. So I'm going to work on those, test those out. And as far as the main camera, I did. I think I listened to it's, the hard part with the main camera is you got to basically got to carry a tripod with you. Yeah. Have the main camera. And the, I think it was Shane Simpson or somebody was just saying he runs it basically to get the audio. Like, mm-hmm. because it does a great job of picking up all of the audio and he's not necessarily as worried about getting the kill shot or the birds on the main camera. He's more, uh, 
it's more of a audio. And if he catches it on the main camera, great. It makes sense. If not, then, oh, well, he still has the audio that he can plug in uh, with the footage that he has on his other cameras. So, but it's just another camera to have in there, something to hold on to. So I'll yeah. see how it goes with this uh, mini stuff, but I definitely need to get a little different tripod. Like for when I was filming with Brandon, I was doing it by hand. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. obviously there's going to be me moving or at the end getting excited or whatever, yep. when there's a kill getting up and running or whatever. Uh-huh. And the camera could just stay there focused to where it's at and still catch everything. That's right. <laughs> As opposed to me getting up, trying to follow him or whatever, just let it do its thing. Uh, but I saw things you figure out and work on. And there's a lot of different stuff that even this past weekend that I've kind of been thinking, I was like, all right, so what am I trying to accomplish? Am I trying to just get some kill shots on camera with a little bit of footage, or am I trying to tell a story at the same time? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All things you got to think about. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm catching some footage here and there, but I was like, we're really not saying a lot. So it's more of a a lot of B roll per se than it is uh, actually telling a story of what's going on where you're at because there'll be clips where we're doing something and then the next thing you know we're way off somewhere else but never really told the story on why we're over there what we're doing over there or boom we're sitting down and here comes a turkey and we shoot the turkey there's no little transition stuff there uh which after he shot his bird when i was hunting some he was feeling i was like okay we need to we need to kind of tell a story uh do a little more talking uh, for the camera, as opposed to just trying to catch cool clips and uh, things like that, because you're not going to have much of mm-hmm. a video. You, I mean, you can, there's not going to be much said, and the video right. is probably going to be five minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting because what you mentioned is, is, a, is something that everybody goes through as a growth for as they film, right? Like, not A, figuring out what they want to do, like you said, but B, remembering to do so. And even sometimes, frankly dude there's just no time to do what you need to for instance when adam kills his bird it, the pitter patter of the rain was already hitting as he as he pulled the trigger and by the time we got to the bird we got done celebrating and, and the birds truly dispatched we took a couple photos the the sky just fell out and it's like there's no time to do anything post right. you know there's no story closure and so you kind of have to start getting creative and doing some voiceovers and stuff like that and sometimes you can salvage it and it is what it is other times other times just you have like maybe 60 seconds of good footage and it's like i hope walter has a video that needs an action shot and we can like (laughs) be like you know here he goes to the woods and it's like meanwhile in gainesville and then chase goes over there you know like um but it's it's a fun it's a fun experience and i i've decided that i'm okay going with especially when i'm by myself for turkey i mean like for deer it's a little different i'll take the main camera uh, more but because you have a, a larger margin for error for movement with with deer obviously than turkey but i, I go with the action cam it's going to be vlogish it's going to be the best it can be luckily like i said these new cameras have killer audio and so that doesn't suffer like it used to and it's going to be kind of right. be what's going to be you know I'm, I'm primarily doing it for me anyways right you guys enjoy this and that's cool but I sit here in the summertime and I go back and I watch the videos. I'm like, Oh man, I forgot, you know, like she had those dots down her back, you know, really pronounced or, Oh man, I can't believe, you know, it felt like he only flew like 50 yards, but he flew all the way through that swamp off the roost to come to me. You know, like there's all these little things that you forget and that's why I'm filming. So, um, vital ground says maybe a stupid question, but have you guys ever had a mobile running gun with a cell phone system? So, that works remarkably well. I've got this in my hand. And what this is, is just a little extendable like cell phone clip, right? And it's got a little uh, cold shoe on top. And you can put a omnidirectional microphone on the top of this. And if you have an Apple, and they make these for Android as well, but they make a little dongle that goes in the bottom. And it's a, it's a light, it's a, it's not a lightning port, whatever that is, the, the standard. And then it goes to an auxiliary. Lightning cable. Is that a lightning cable? Okay. Yeah, it's but, just the iPhone version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I put a little piece of stealth strip on there. And so this runs from uh, my phone into the shotgun mic. And all of last year, with wild success up close, let's say 40 yards and in, when I filmed in 4K, um, I was able to crop with a great degree of success. And I put it on a uh, Insta360 
monopod and I put a little GoPro stake in the bottom of it to where I could stick it in the ground and I would, you know, extend it. There was no buttons or anything like that. And it would sit right here, you know, with my little fluid head, a uh, real light, cheap fluid head that I have on top. And it worked great. It worked really well. The intrinsic issue with that is if you're trying to film and you need to pull up your maps, you can't do both. Right. Like you, you, you run into that issue with that. If you have a, a kid that eats up all of the space on your phone with photos and video, you don't have a whole lot <laughs> left to, to record. And so um, it works really well. But if I did that, uh, you do have to have a very large phone or um, you'd want to clear out a lot of space. So just as a brief reminder for everybody who's on the Instagram feed, purpose of this podcast is to answer questions from you guys, uh, engage with you guys on things you want to hear, as well as kind of do like a catching up. Because a lot of the time on the main feed, we're talking with guests and we're talking about topics and we don't talk so much about what's going on with Chase and I. So if you've got questions, if you want to hear things, check out, you know, drop a little comment below and, and we'll get to them. Um, what's up, buddy? What's up? Oh, it sounded like you had something to say. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just moving. Yeah. Okay. So you haven't told your story of your gobbler on the podcast yet, and we don't have to have a guest for that. So why don't you kind of tell everybody what happened? <laughs> well, uh, it was a little bit of opening day success. <clears throat> Excuse me. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, finally some opening day success. That's what you always want to happen Yeah. Uh, with turkeys, especially since you have two tags. Anyways, so it's always nice to go ahead and get one uh, out of the way. I, and honestly, I was super close to being tagged out, but we would have been super bummed out because none of it would have been on camera <laughs> at that point. Um, but so I get out there first morning, got the Insta360. I, I had done a little bit of stuff with it prior to hand. We hadn't had them very long. And I'm walking to this one area where I'd heard a bird, where I'd went out and scouted and I'd heard a bird the day before in this particular pine block, thinking I'm going to go over that way. And as I'm walking, a bird fires off in a different pine block. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to where the one's gobbling. I'm not going to, and it could have been the same bird, could have been a different bird. Uh, I don't know. I actually didn't end up shooting that bird, but went after that, tried to go after that bird, got set up on them, set up my Insta360. And it was making this pinging noise. I don't know, like every 10 seconds. And I'm like, what the <laughs> heck is going on? I was like, I, I was like, well, I don't have time to fool with this. So I'm going to uh, turn it off. Uh, that bird, he was by himself. Uh, he was gobbling good uh, on the roost. I watched him fly down. He flew down in front of me, probably about a hundred yards away into this open field. Uh, the only problem with that was is I thought he was going to do something else and every time I think that the turkey is going to do something it always seems like they do something else and I was super exposed to where the bird was when he flew out into that field I knew I wasn't going to be able to call to him at all because he would have had me pegged instantly if I, mm -hmm. if I started calling to him couldn't move couldn't do anything so I'm like well I'm just gonna have to watch this bird and uh, see what he does. I thought he was going to pitch down into this road that he was kind of close by and I'd be able to call him uh, down this fire lane that I was actually on. We flew down that field. I watched him. He gobbled, strutted. Uh, there were no hens out there or at least at that point coming. Uh, so I watched him for, for a little while uh, and I was hoping he was, he started kind of working away from me and then he kind of worked back and uh, he would gobble and he kind of listen, gobble, kind of listen type deal. And at one point I've got that Alps like kickstand style turkey. Grand vest. slam. Yep. And so I was kind of leaning back because that's, I wasn't on a tree <laughs> and something slipped and I kind of made like a quick little movement. He saw it. He kind of freaked out for like a second or so, but uh, he kind of, he went on. Uh, just maybe 10 yards and then just kind of look and I kind of called and that kind of like made him go back up and forget, I guess that I had just kind of moved over where I was at. And he decided that he was going to go back through this fence uh, that he had flown over, goes back in there and he starts walking down the road that I originally thought he was going to pitch down on. So that gave me a chance to get up, get in the woods. And while I was sitting there, I thought I'd heard some stuff behind me kind of fly, fly down. Mm -hmm. and i'm assuming it was hens because i never saw what it was but i definitely heard him fly down he gets over there i call to him 
and he re- immediately responds and I could tell he's coming my way, but it's, it was super thick where I was at. And he kind of checks up like at 40 yards and I don't have a shot. And there was kind of like a little ridge in the way. And he just stayed in that area, never would commit anymore and kind of just slowly walked off. And I'm guessing that maybe he had, he had seen those hens that had flown mm-hmm. down into the pines and was like, yeah, I see some hens right here. I don't, I don't think I'm gonna have to go any further. Um, and he didn't. So I just left him because some people were like, oh yeah, you don't I'm not gonna leave this bird goblin and blah, blah, blah. Well, I was like, well, it was still super early and I thought I knew where some other birds were. So I hightail it to this other spot, immediately look out in this field. There was a gobbler by himself and I'm like, okay. And he was, he was gobbling as I was walking. I could hear him gobbling before I even got to where I saw him. I'm like, all right, this bird is definitely uh, killable. He's out there by himself, no hens. Uh, so I call to him. He immediately responds. He's probably a couple hundred yards away in this wide open field call to him and he's coming like he cuts off a hundred yards quick stops gobbles again still looking I, I don't say a word to him I'm like no I'm gonna I want you to I want you to keep coming if you're already coming and he kept coming uh, I knew there was a particular spot in this fence where there was a hole and sure enough he ran straight to the hole which was good because was a lot of like cover and stuff in the way it allowed me to kind of get set up for the bird when he got in there was a probably there was this little like lull time and i was like okay what's he doing is he strutting inside because it was really open pines where he had to cross the fence but i couldn't see him and i called to him bam he immediately responds and probably like 10 seconds later i can see him 20 something yards from me there's some brush kind of in the way but he's strutting and he just walks right down this little road steps into uh the fire lane that i was sitting on and uh, i didn't give him much time <laughs> to, do, <laughs> to, do, to do anything and uh shot him at 20 i think it may have been 20 yards uh and dusted him uh opening morning so it was uh i mean it was a, it was a fun morning i mean it got on two different birds relatively quick and i actually was working that day or supposed to be working that day had a guy from work, I'm like, hey, can you at least hold over for like an hour or two for me before uh, <laughs> I come in? He said yes and was able to kill the bird and all that and and still make it in. Uh, fry, it, fry it in the chicken nuggets for breakfast for the station and everything. Right? Yeah, exactly. Fry, <laughs> fry it up for everybody. You know, I'm sure uh, the boys always enjoy <laughs> whenever I take something uh, at work for sure. But yeah, opening morning. I mean, you, you can't really ask much more opening morning, going out, getting on two different birds, possibility of maybe shooting two yeah. <laughs> within the first hour or so of the morning. Uh, it was a great morning uh, opening day. So I cannot complain about uh, the first bird. Uh, since then, I, I mean, I've had some encounters uh, with birds, been close, did it like the evening hunt where you killed your bird. I was mm-hmm. super close to killing a bird uh had it, it had there not been this little hill there and and this hen had popped her head up over the hill and as soon as she like i mean i'm she picked me out like instantly the second she popped her head up over that hill she saw me started but 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 and then i mean he was right behind her you know what I, mean? Yeah. I mean he was right behind her and uh she took him uh to marry uh, a little bit different area <laughs> she didn't she didn't haul she didn't really haul off but she just just kind of like I said sprinted maybe 10 15 20 yards away and uh, they went to a, a different area of the woods it was actually pretty cool. i had a jake probably roost later on probably 20 yards from me <laughs> in a tree uh, that evening and i had some hens uh, roost uh, pretty close by but i'm trying to think on the, on the mornings and stuff i've been out a few more i had a great uh morning this morning but i actually had an appointment i had to go to and had to call it <laughs> early i basically case. went out to listen for the most part because i knew i had to leave uh super early um which if i don't know if anybody can tell i was i actually had a invisalign appointment or i got my invisalign um retainers to wear so that i can still call with a mouth call with them in so i i did test that out (laughs) 
mouth call still good. I, it, the pitch is slightly different. I've yeah. noticed it's like yeah. it's a little bit slightly different pitch or whatever, but it still sounds semi decent, even with the uh, Invisalign. In. <laughs> so I may have to go with some friction call, box call, some other yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, to mix it in. I mean, if they're responding to the the mouth call, then I'll I'll, I'll stay with it. But uh, that that's going to be something new for. But I don't have to wear them for very long. I think I'm only slated to wear them for like 12 weeks, so it won't be super long mm. uh, to wear these things. But yeah, and the, the hunt with Brandon, which was was great, um, got to film for him. He had he's not a diehard turkey hunter. Uh, I think he had told me before the trip that it had probably been four years since he had killed a bird uh and and he's from south florida he comes up to my areas and he really doesn't hunt turkeys that much so he may come up for three or four days hunt for turkey and then that's that's his season so it's not yeah. like he, he yeah. puts a ton of effort into it or can uh and i was just happy to be able to get him we did the the coolest part about that was probably like Cause we put a ton of miles on the ground always, uh, for that hunt. I mean, probably 20 something miles walking, mm. uh, if not more That's uh, for that with, with scouting the day before scouting. And then as far as now, the, the cool part about that was, is I got to hunt as well after he killed his bird. So that's when we were really putting, um, a, a lot of miles on the ground as well. I mean, when he shot his bird, uh, he, he shot his bird at like three o'clock in the after three thirty in the afternoon. Right. Um, we had some, it, he was super close early on too. Like if the, if he would have shot the bird that he had shot, he would have probably have been like upset knowing that he could have shot what he shot later on <laughs> in the day. And if I would have shot it, he'd yeah. have been like, what? Nah, he's great. He, he wouldn't have been upset. He would have still been happy, but we did have a bird come in and this shot was questionable. So he didn't feel comfortable taking it, which is great. Fine Always the me. right choice. Always yes. the right choice. Yep. Always the right choice. So uh, I was good with that. Um, and I don't even think it the bird that I don't even think it was the bird that was gobbling. We we still think it was a uh, like a satellite bird mm. that decided to like peek his head up over this ridge. He looked, uh, didn't see uh, anything because we didn't have a decoy out or anything. But I still felt like we were kind of back far enough to where he probably should have committed just a little bit further to investigate because there was a bunch of those. We were kind of in a clump of trees and I was like, well, we could have been just behind that clump of trees, but he, he definitely didn't commit any further. He probably looked for, I don't know, maybe 45 seconds total, just like stood there and stared in our direction for about 45 seconds and then just kind of slowly walked off um, after that. Uh, and that morning, like I said, it was kind of slow. Like we, we put, there was on that hunt, we really didn't have anything gobble after like eight, probably eight twenty, eight thirty in the morning, hardly like wow. that. It didn't matter. And we were, we spent from, I don't know. I mean, it gets, it was getting breaking daylight at seven o'clock in the morning, probably six fifty-five, seven o'clock in the morning yeah. until usually about one o'clock um before we would break and just go get lunch for an hour and then come right back and we just could not get anything mid-morning whatsoever goblin just and and all kinds of stuff that they would have shot goblin too like hawks plenty of hawks going nuts crows um me trying some of uh of alcohol just different stuff they they just were not shot goblin too much really didn't respond to calls that much like when they were gobbling i don't have to i don't even know what they're gobbling to maybe it was hens that we couldn't hear because we we, we didn't hear a hen the whole weekend make any vocalizations wow on that That's piece of crazy even when you would spook them like even when you would spook them you know how they'll kind of those just yeah. kind of make that pet, 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 and then haul butt or chatter as they leave, you know, like nothing. little cuts and yet yeah, nothing. Like, literally never heard a hen make one vocalization. Wow. Uh, and we had one that, that first morning, she was literally roosted probably 25 yards from us and flew down within 10 yards of us. Never made a noise. Have you thought and about she, getting your hearing checked? Never made a noise. Well, Brandon's <laughs> hearing was the same. I could hear plenty of guy. I could hear the gobbles from a thousand yards away. Yeah. But yeah. definitely couldn't hear the hen. And now and now I have heard hens on other places. I know. I'm just messing with you. Man. Obviously. <laughs> but just I mean, you could call to they might respond to you calling once 
And then you could call to him a couple more times after that and then nothing. Then all of a sudden you'd get random gobble out of nowhere and then call to him, nothing. And then maybe 10 minutes later, random gobble. And then you might call to him and they might respond once to it. Um, The bird that he ultimately shot, I spotted him down this road. I still don't know how I spotted this bird down this dim road. Like I'm several hundred yards away and it was Mm. up next to a tree. It was one of those ones where it's like, ah, oh, is that like a cutout in that tree or is that a bird? But it was super dark. And I was like, Brandon, it's a, it's a bird. I was like, there's a turkey there. And we still weren't like, I still wasn't hundred percent sure, but I just couldn't get out any further and lift my binoculars because he's down this open road. I'm like, I, I can't risk that. Uh, just trying to verify <laughs> if it was a, a gobbler or not, which it turned out it was a gobbler. <laughs> um, he, he actually, he did gobble twice coming in at three 30 in the afternoon. Wow. So, um, and that's, uh, ultimately that's how we knew he was actually committed. Cause I told Brown's like, all right, we're going to sit here for probably at least 10 minutes before I make a move to even try to see if yeah. the bird's coming or not. Um, and that's, and that was after we had been sitting there for, after we'd gotten taken five minutes to get set up and, uh, everything else, but, and it was super windy. It was super windy that afternoon. I mean, you can tell from the footage I sent you that it was, Oh yeah, it was it was like fifteen mile per hour winds probably sustained yeah like sustained yeah, fifteen sustained mile winds yeah. like <laughs> sustained <laughs> winds but uh, it was a great hunt uh, probably should have Brandon on at some point to tell I was about to say yeah uh, his experience and that story uh, with a bird and he did like I said the bird was banded it had bands on it from FWC they had trapped the bird and they give you a phone number to call get all this information back. Uh, on the bird like when when they caught the bird like how old they thought it was when they caught it yeah yeah uh, measurements things like that like they, they had the beard measurements from that bird when they caught it they had the spur measurements from that bird when they caught it uh, where they caught it at um, which it was actually it was it had actually was caught on the wma that we killed them oh that's cool three years prior so the bird was which I, I thought, I mean, it's hard to tell because they say you look at spurs, you look at beard. They tell you there's really no way to tell from spurs or beard how mm-hmm. old a turkey is. And this bird had one-inch spurs. But he had a ten-and-a-half-inch beard. It wasn't super thick. It was one of those just those long, thin kind of yep. thin, yep. thin beards. And the biologist told him that that bird was uh, four years old. Wow. It was a four-year-old bird. Would you have guessed it was a four-year-old bird when you were looking at it? Um, well, I told Brandon, I thought he was at least a three-year-old bird just based on the body size yeah. and, um, cause I, but I was like, well, it's not a Jake. <laughs> we obviously know it's not a Jake, <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah. I was like, well, it's at least a two-year-old, but I still, I was like, well, I was like, it's got this jewelry on it and it, the jewelry or the bands and everything. And I was like, and it, that didn't look new. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. didn't look like they had just put it on the bird or anything. So I don't know. I guess I was like, well, he's probably three or older. And, but I mean, it would have been cool. Brandon did. He tried to play a trick on me. He's like, he's like, are you ready for this? I got information. He's like, are you, are you seated? And I'm like, yeah, man, what, what is it? He's like, that bird was seven years old. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I mean, I would have been like, okay, seven years old. Yeah, he's like, yeah. nah. He's, I was like, well, how old was he? He's like, he's was four. I'm like, well, heck, a four year old bird. I mean, it's cool to know that your bird was four. Yeah. Um, a all the time people are like oh yeah that bird's like five or four. i was like no you you don't do not know how old that bird is unless someone has trapped it when they were a jake and it was released and they have all the documentation okay hold on it looks like you lost audio do you guys can you okay. confirm if he's if he's got audio again let's actually give some people a shout out real quick so I, we, so we have a bunch of people okay I it's hunter I, I don't know um i could hear you well on the my battery phone. had the battery had gotten uh, down to like 20%. It must gotcha. So Eric Clark says, Hey, outdoor pod, outdoor drive podcast. What's up? What's up? Ugly step kid had to go to, had to go to work. Brett is here. Outdoor Pat is here. Right. Heart of Florida is here. Ron Wiggins. Good Lord. I'm telling you, we got a crew up in here. Yeah, we do. It's back. He says, you're so good Nick now. Nick was on there. I saw he yeah. was catching some bass the other day. Getting yep. ready for, I guess we're going to do the yakking for bass tournament. We haven't really talked about the yakking for bass tournament. Oh, we haven't. And we really we can't right now because I don't think we've really finalized the dates. We really need to jump on that. It's only like a month away. <laughs> yeah. Golly, guys. There's just never enough time for this. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, no, I think he gave up on turkey. I think he just like 
threw in the towel. Um, but you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, yeah. So it, it occurs to me, I can tell my birds without jeopardizing Adam's story. So I'm going to yeah. shelf Adam's right now, but we, we hunted hard. We put on 20 miles and those 20 miles were mainly, um, were mainly Sunday and Monday. Now, Sunday he left and, uh, I hunted that evening and didn't see anything. Didn't hear anything from the time we shot his bird through the time I killed my bird. I hadn't heard anything. And so Monday morning gets there and I got beat to all of my spots. It was unreal. The amount of pressure. I mean, it really, uh, an area that I've had to myself for the last two years is just like getting hammered right now. Um, but it's a lot of people who don't know what they're doing. Um, and it's evident because they're like right off the road. One guy t- sent me a screenshot and there was like, or no, 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 he sent me a message. He's like, I came up on a guy and they are set up in the ditch on the side of one of the main roads in, in the WMA where people are like driving by, uh, with a decoy trying to f- convince a bird to come out to the road and come <laughs> into them. So it's like, you know, it's the kind of pressure that'll blow over. Right. And so the name of the game for me was just cover ground and find a bird that wants to play. And, uh, I had to go pick up my boy Monday from uh, daycare and bring him home. And my wife and I do what we call a hot handoff. <laughs> We're basically, she comes through the door. I toss the child at her and then I go out into the woods. But in this instance, I cooked dinner and I thought that I had 30 minutes after sundown for legal on public. And so I take all my gear. Thankfully, I take all of my gear. I'm like, you never know what could happen. Turkey's a random. Let's go, you know? And, and so I'm, I'm hauling butt to get out there. And as, and as I'm about to make my turn, off of one of the main roads in the WMA, a gobbler bolts across the road and then goes into full strut. And fortunately for me, I had the wherewithal. I'm poloing uh, the, the Patreon. No, I was poloing Adam and, and, and Parker. As I'm doing this, I had the wherewithal to just go ahead and make my turn and keep going down the road so it didn't you know spook the bird any more than it did. And so I go about 150 yards down the road, and, and the road winds, and I can quietly park the truck and get out. And I change all my gear, and I tell the camera, this is the craziest thing. Like, if I put a stalk on this bird and kill the bird, um, it, it's going to be, like, stupid, like – like stupid lucky right like i knew that this general area held a lot of birds but the fact that he ran across the road was actually stupid and so i'm I'm, I'm creeping down the road and i'm looking with my binoculars i'm creeping down the road and i'm looking and as i cross the road i've surveyed all this these like palmetto flats and these red oak flats where you can kind of see like 40 and 50 yards in areas and you kind of have to take your time i'm like okay he's not in this 50 yard stretch let me get up and see where he is. And as I creep up in there, right about as I get about 50 yards off the road or the fire break, it wouldn't really or the road. But once I get off the, the fire break, I see a buzzard fly off the ground up through the trees. I'm like, dang, that was cool. It must be something dead over there. So I, I go about my business and I set up my camera gear and I put my 360 in the ground and I get my, my gun up, my taxi cam. And I'm like, okay, something about this doesn't feel right. And I just had this heavy weight on me, like something wasn't right. And so I texted everybody I could real quick who like would know this off the back of their hand. When is it the end of legal on public? And everybody fires back sunset. And so as these messages come in at 741, legal light ends at 751. I'm like, oh my God, I've got 10 minutes to convince this bird to come in. Right. And so I do a couple yelps and he does this stupid, goofy gobble. I think it's a Jake, but I've worked so hard. I'm like, screw it. If a Jake comes in acting like a man, he's catching a load of TSS right now. Like, I think this is, I have worked so hard. This is the first gobble I've heard in 72 hours. Like I'm struggling on a four day hunt. I've, I've only heard one bird gobble. And so all of a sudden that buzzard that had flown up in the trees flies back down to about 50 yards in front of me and I can see the beard in front of it. And what I had seen earlier was that bird fly up to the freaking roost. I, I, I can't, I, I can't believe this happened. He flied up to flew up to his roost in that swamp bottom. And when I called to him, he decided to fly back down out of his roost. And I've got all this on camera for anybody who's thinking Walter's full of crap. I actually got this on camera. This is the second bird, by the way, I've called off of the roost. One was in the morning to me. Um, so if you want calling lessons, they're $99.99 <laughs> per day. Um, but he flies down and I can hear him come stomping in and he's going. I'm like, okay, 
He hit the requirement. He's coming in like a grown man. You know, he only gobbled that one time. And here he comes with this big, big white blue head. And he comes up and he's in full strut and, he, and he's at like 45 yards and he comes in at 25. And I tried to yelp to get him to stop, but he was going to come right on into me. And so I, I plastered him right there at 25 yards. And uh, he didn't, he didn't really even move and ran up there. And this bird had the thickest beard I have ever shot on a turkey. It was a true paintbrush, but it was like that long. It, it was like right. five or six inches and it wasn't beard rot. It was just like his beard just stopped. <laughs> it was, it was the most bizarre thing. Full fan, like big, he had pretty good spurs on him. They were just shy of an inch. Um, like you said, you can't tell how old the bird was, but uh, I did weigh him. And I can't remember the order, but I think he was 18 and a half pounds. The, the one was 18 and a half and one was 18.9 pounds. So 18.5 right. and 18.9, the two birds that I shot. Um, okay. So given that the average that I shoot in this area is 15 that are Tom's, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he was probably not a Jake, right. <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, I call you, I FaceTime you, I get some sunset video and all this stuff. And I get in the truck and I call my wife and I tell her, and of course she has her signature. Are you effing kidding me? You know, cause she, she never thinks I'm going to kill anything cause I'm so bad <laughs> at hunting, but, uh, we get home, I'm cleaning the bird and I get in bed and she's like, how cool are you going to go hunting in the morning? I said, yeah. She goes, how cool would it be if you, if you shot a bird tomorrow and you were tagged out and then you could just focus on your tax business and wait for Georgia to open. I was like, God, that'd be really cool. But sweetheart, the odds of that are <laughs> next to none, like it's, it's not going to happen. And so uh, as anybody who's a, a follower of this show knows my son hates me and he refuses to sleep. And so I am six weeks of this like sleep, sleep deprivation thing where he just like, doesn't want to sleep. He has these nightmares and all this stuff. It's just, it's awful. And so I oversleep the next morning at six 15, my wife wakes me up and says, Hey, aren't you going hunting? And she thought I was just going to say, yeah, I decided to sleep in. And so I get up, I'm like, I'm already late. Every one of my spots is taken guaranteed. Every one of my spots is taken. And so I get my coffee real slow. And I'm like, I'm just going to drive through the forest, find a spot that doesn't have birds and I'm going to, or doesn't have cars rather. <laughs> Hopefully it has birds doesn't have cars parked there and I'm going to, you know, go hunt. And the Monday before in the afternoon, I went to this area that a buddy who deer hunts the forest says, Hey, I see a lot of turkeys during deer season. And I never seen any turkey hunters there on my way to work. And they just had a fresh bird in there. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. So the day before Monday, I went through there and I walked the entire property. I did not see the first evidence of a turkey, no strut sign, no tracks, no, no dust bowls, nothing. But it, it, it was this beautiful pine flat that had some really cool like features to it, little like almost topography kind of situation going. And then this creek bottom that came through, it wasn't really a creek. It's more like a, just a low lying area. Yeah. And so I walk up in there, the sun's already coming up and I've just, I'm lousy fair about it. In fact, my tactic cam battery was low and I knew that I'm like, but the chances of me seeing a Turkey are none. I'm not even going to change the battery out. Worst case scenario, I turn it on for a few minutes and I'm good. And so I walk up to this little knob in between these little sloughs and I'm just sitting there, you know, I've got like 15 texts from the night before, like you're saying like, good job, buddy. Congrats. And Adam and Parker congratulate me late. And I just didn't see it. And so I'm, I'm replying and I'm just taking my time, letting the world wake up around me. And so I realize I'm like, dude, it's like well past fly down at this point. And I've just been dicking around on my phone. Like I need to get serious about this. And so I get a hoot owl out nothing responds. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. This is the last day of my four day hunt. I know you're not supposed to call the birds on that, you know, that with a, with a mouth call or Turkey Yelp uh, that are on the roost, unless you're ready to make a play on them. But I, I don't know anything about this area, if it even holds birds. And so I, I let out like four sharp little yup, 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 yups. And 125 yards to my right, dead eye level. Cause I'm elevated and he's in the tree. A bird fires off. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Right. <laughs> and I'm man enough to admit this. I started to go into a panic because I'm on top of this knoll. I'm, I'm like looking directly at this bird and it's burned. Now there's like twigs sticking up through the ground, but it is open and movement is going to be apparent. And so I sit down, I get set up and then I start to be like, 
I can't, I have no shooting lanes. I can see 20 yards and that's it. And the odds of this bird coming like directly into 20 and not seeing me as I'm, you know, tracing him with the barrel, not going to happen. So I get up and I go down the knob and I'm like, well, maybe he's still on the tree and I'll work my way around the knob and get, you know, use topography to my advantage and get closer to this bird where it's open. And as I'm working down the backside of the knob, he fires off one more time on the other side of the knob, but he's on the ground. He's cutting the distance. I'm like, crap, he's going to where I just was on top of that knob yelping. And that's where he's going to be standing. So I huff it back up the knob and I sit down. I'm like, just sit down and don't ruin this moment. Like if he comes in and you don't have a shot, let him work off and you'll put another play on this bird. Clearly he doesn't have a hand with him. Right. And so I'm sitting there and through the, you know, the, just as I pull up my mask and I'm looking through the sticks, I pull up my mask, I grab my gun and I set it on my knee. He steps out in full strut in front of a tree, right in front of me at like 35 yards. And he's just going, I've never heard in a hunt, like a period as much spitting and drumming as I have, like on that hunt, like all my Turkey experience combined previously, I heard more spitting and drumming on that, on the, on those four days, specifically those two hunts than I ever had before. And he's just firing off and firing off and firing off. And he's just moving back and forth in this little opening that I didn't see in front of me because I was in a panic. And had I been there, obviously I would have killed the bird or at least had an opportunity. And I just, at this point, put my gun down and I watching him through the binoculars and he's moving to and from I'm like, Oh, this is a good bird. This is a good bird. Like he's grown. And so I just shut up at one point and let him work back off that knob. And on the, around the knob was this two track. And so I thought, okay, he's going to work off that knob. I can back off with my original plan. I can move around to where he was and try and cut that distance and make a play. And I knew that he didn't want to come through that thicket, that thick stuff that was in front of me. And that continued around the knob. So I knew I had the ability, like Scott uh, Ellis said, like to hide the hen. I had the ability to say I could put a barrier between us. And so he works off the end. This is over the course of like three or four minutes. I come back down over the knob and I cut the distance. And right as I'm about to come around the knob, um, he fires off one time to a crow. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to slow down. Well, around the knob, the burn was complete and total. I'm talking like nuclear burn, like everything is gone. It's wide open. And he's just firing off in this bottom over and over again, looking for company. And I'm cutting at him and, and I'm investing in this bird. I'm getting him super fired up. And it got to the point where I actually just ended up shutting up and really, really retracting my calling uh, to try and, and show less interest in him. And I could hear him gobbling and gobbling, getting closer and closer and closer. And as he comes around this knob on the two track, the sun is, has now crested. It was the most beautiful picture you could ever, I would have given anything not to have had a shotgun and a really high end lens to get photos. I, I really wish I could, I could bring this visual to other people. No one will ever get to experience this. And maybe that's the beauty of it, but I would give anything to have it framed. The sun's coming up over the horizon. It's this beautiful orange light. And you have this gorgeous Tom dragging his wings with his, with his tail completely blown up his neck's all tucked in his face is beautiful white and blue and the tips of his wings are on fire just just it was the most stunning display i think i've ever seen by a turkey and and i'm sure it'll happen again but i i just i when i think about that hunt i don't think about anything but that moment it was just beautiful and he's just sitting there going boom and he would run like 10 15 steps and then stop and he just did this over and over again he got all the way to what i thought was about 40 yards and i'm like okay next time he picks his head up i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot him well i shoot the bird flops over he's dead i run down there to make sure he doesn't get away just because good standard practice and as i'm getting close to the bird i'm like dude that's a long run <laughs> I've ran 40 yards before that doesn't feel like 40 yards. And according to Onyx, it was 57 yards. So I learned a lesson. I, I don't pride myself on long shots like that. I try and get him close, but in that burn, he truly looked like he was right there about that 40 yard mark. Um, oh yeah. But he wasn't, um, but beautiful bird. He had real stubby, uh, stubby uh, spurs had a real thin, like you said, beard but i think it's probably close to 10 inches 9 10 inches somewhere in that range um and i just got to sit there and enjoy the sun to come up there's two more birds hammering on the other side of the little slough and so i'm sitting there doing my outro with the bird hanging behind me with the sun and the cool breeze coming in and two more birds firing off in the bottom man it was the most poetic <laughs> thing you could ever ever imagine and yeah it's awesome i'm sure there are people right now who are listening to this podcast like dude your season's over like too soon like you went too fast 
I can tell you right now, having struggled in the Turkey woods before it will never come that easy again, that quick. And if it, if, if for some reason I'm talented enough and I know I'm not, but I find myself talented enough, I can tag out within the first few days of every season. I'll start taking the camera and taking other people. But I mean, last year I busted my butt and barely got a bird. So I'll, <laughs> right. I'll take the easy win. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And you have opportunities to go to other States. Yeah. As well. And you can still go scout during the season as well. Absolutely. Go out there and go listen and figure out where maybe try some areas that you hadn't really considered and just go mm-hmm. sit there and listen and glass. I mean, that that's what, yep. that's what I did basically the year that I tagged out super well within the first, whatever, 36 hours of the season or whatnot. And use it as that. And then go with other people, take somebody yep. new turkey hunting. Saturday morning. I'm either uh, going to film a buddy that a uh, friend that I made uh, through a friend it was like, it was weird, but um, he's an avid Turkey hunter in the area and he wants me to film for him. And so I'm going to film okay. or uh, I'm going to go to Georgia and listen for birds because next weekend is the Georgia public opener. And I've got a couple birds that I know have been there for the last two years, a uh, big flock of them actually. And if they still stay there, um, they're in trouble. I know Brett wants us to come to Alabama uh, the problem with Alabama, and I have a big gripe with Alabama, their turkey hunting ends at 1 p.m. How stupid is that? <laughs> well, my thing with Alabama, well, because I, I talked to Brett about like buying like a license just for right. the year. Like, yep, I know where you're going with deer, this. Deer, turkey, everything, and it ends like July or August 31st yeah. or something like that. So even if I bought one for the whole year it would only last me six months yep. so basically i'm gonna have to wait like you can buy your three-day tag your 10-day or whatever but if i want to buy the whole year it starts over at a specific time and that's in august i know and i was like it's not even in january or the end of december where i could at least go from there and catch deer season like i couldn't even catch anything but basically turkey and then i'd have to buy my license again i know i know i'm, so I'm... i wasn't happy about that I'm still thinking about it though. Like if I, so my, my goal, my ultimate goal is to shoot a bird in all 49 States. It's you know, commonly called like chasing 49 is there's actually a whole, you or there's a whole social media channel called chasing 49. And it's all about documenting the pursuit of 49 Bayside Legion is doing the same thing, shooting a bird in all 49 States. And uh, I want to do the same thing. And so if I shoot a bird in South Georgia, I think there's a really good chance I'm going to buy a 10 day, and just, you know, moan and groan about the fact that I could have bought a deer season if I bought one during deer season. Well, I wouldn't have hunted anyways, but um, if buy a 10 day that straddles like two weekends, that way I can locate the birds and then come back the next weekend and hopefully kill them. Um, you know, Brett, you know, he, he, he keeps offering us public, but he's got private he can hunt. And I'm just saying, if Brett really liked us, he'd be like yo let's let's go hunt this this private because he was on his private this past weekend in the marco polo group and those birds sounded grown and ready to tussle so i'm just saying yeah yeah i mean if you're gonna invite us i mean might as well let us go to your uh <laughs> room to the current property yeah yeah which i may i may end up going and hunting pa this year with oh, you uh, don't you don't maybe i mean i want to really bad i just right now some of the dates it's just not this may not be lining up but yeah. their season starts so late i mean I our season's over with for 10 days and theirs hadn't even started yet i know so i may be able to get uh up there um and the flights the flight and the the license is stupid cheap so um i may have to go up there and uh, try to shoot a bird in PA. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. See the the flights and the dates. There's just a certain, a few certain dates there that don't. Yeah. Certainly line up (laughs) and you can't hunt Sundays. Yeah. 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 It'd be during the week. I can go up there during the week. That's yeah. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Anytime. And he said his schedule was flexible. Brett says we can come, come hunt his private, but it's small. We won't shoot all your birds. Just, just two, <laughs> just two. What are you getting Alabama? Two I, don't, I mean, I only need one. I used to be like five. Is it? No, three? I think you get three. I think you get three now. You, you they used to have four to birds, five. um, four birds, and uh, they went to three, and then you can't hunt 
beyond one. And then the first 10 days, you can't use decoys. And then the last 10 days, you have to close one eye and hop on one foot before you pull the trigger. Like it's, it's, okay. it's, I'm making fun of a serious situation. Obviously the wild turkey populations are in decline, but um, you know, it went from like real easy to quite convoluted pretty quick. Um, right. Yeah, oh, they are. Ron says um, you get four birds still. That's crazy. Now, Gosh. Brandon, which we talked about possibly having that biologist on that Brandon spoke yeah. with, um, who has just a ton of information uh, on the turkeys, at least in the area that I'm at. And she was not of the opinion that the bird population had declined any. In Florida. She said, and well, in this area. So gotcha. it should be in Florida in general, but because he asked her that specifically, he's like, Hey, how do you feel the, the turkey hunting is, has it, or the birds, the population. And she says it ebbs and flows anyways, like depending on the hatch and stuff like that. Uh, but she, she felt it was about the same uh, as it has been. So I don't know. They're, they're doing a gobble study right now. Mm -hmm. Like how Dr. Chamberlain was. I think it's amazing. A gobble, yep. a gobble study uh, down here. Uh, they did the study that, coincided with the bands that brandon's bird had on uh that study was done oh man i think it was three years prior or something like that that they were wrapping it up it was part of gotcha. like a six-year thing uh his bird had been banded three years three years ago but they had banded birds and also put gps collar which he didn't ask her i which i don't think i don't think they put gps trackers on all of them I think they banded all of them and then certain birds got GPS trackers on them because she didn't mention anything about, Hey, did you have the GPS tracker or uh, whatnot? So I don't think that bird got one of those. Hmm. But. You know, it's funny. I think our population in this area, which I'm speaking for, you know, Wakulla, Leon, Gadsden, Liberty, like th this area around Tallahassee, the area as a whole, it feels like the turkey population is, is growing. Now that now I'm not saying that to throw cold water on the idea that we need to conserve the wild turkey. I'm just for dialogue purposes. It feels like uh, the state has started to do a much better job of managing its forests, um, especially through controlled burns. And dude, I mean, it felt like at any point in time you could walk out into the national forest and any random block. Clearly I did it and kill a Turkey. True. <laughs> <laughs> and if I can do it, you can too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's all relative to your area. Yeah. So, and I'm just speaking of the area that I'm in. Right. Right. right that's what she sure. was speaking to. She wasn't speaking to like the state as a whole. She was just talking to. Yeah. Uh, my area so, so it could be down in some areas it could be up in some areas tim miller wants to know kansas is kansas on the docket for turkeys absolutely when is it on the docket i can't tell you <laughs> i mean yeah. it's it's, it's gonna come down to yeah oh absolutely they did um i'm going to so i have i have created a spreadsheet and that spreadsheet tracks all 49 states <laughs> which are um are you laughing? Is that an accountant laugh? Yes. Yeah, of course, the accountant yes. has a spreadsheet. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, but I, I created a spreadsheet, and it has which states are over the counter, which are quota and drawing on and on and on. And what I want to do, Chase, and I told you this, is I, I started making turkey calls. And I'm going to start selling them and take the money from those turkey calls. And you and I are going to start trying to punch out and go to some of these states. And what I want to do is kind of like what THP does and what Bayside Legion does is like, let's take a 10-day chunk. And let's go like to Missouri, you know, chicken bucks talking about this. Let's go to Missouri, kill birds in Missouri, and then find States on the way back, you know, trying to like, you know, knock out as many as humanly possible. I think that would be a blast, but I think it's going to be one of those where uh, you shoot your bird and you leave. You're not trying to like fill all your tags kind of situation. Yeah. 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 For sure. It's actually an antenna transmitter. It was to see what amount of birds are being killed by predators. Okay, that makes sense. My son killed a bird with bands and it had a transmitter. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Was like my she had she trip. had AM FM. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they can go find those birds. They can go mm -hmm. straight to that bird with that transmitter. I mean, they found them in people's houses mounted on gobblers. No so, kidding. Yeah, the 
my buddy who killed one, like you're supposed to return it. Obviously yeah. <laughs> they want the transmitter back and they had gone around like where they, they said they get an area and they can kind of pick up where these birds are. <laughs> and there were several times where it had led them to a house and the bird, the transmitter was on the bird, the mounted bird inside the house. Oh man. So, yeah. Which I mean, I guess if you're, if you're mounting that bird because it had all that hardware, on it that you would want to keep the, yeah. the hardware <laughs> but apparently those things are expensive <laughs> I, I go back and forth on it it's like i'm trying to be honest with myself would i give that thing back or would i like find the off switch and turn it off you know like <laughs> right yeah <laughs> oh man that's funny that is that's too good man we had a good crowd in here we had a lot of good questions yeah brett brett says we can go hunt public in the morning and then go hunt his his private in the afternoons Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. I don't think we missed any questions unless anybody's got one. I think we're probably going to tie a bow on this thing, man. How long have we been going? Almost an hour? Uh, probably at least an hour. Yeah. It's got to be getting close. I think Instagram's got a one hour cutoff now. So we haven't got the countdown yet. And my recorder doesn't tell me. Right. So. All right, guys. So what's up? I said we're right at it. Yeah, there you go. Oh, of course. Now chicken bucks, chicken buck chimes in right now as we're about to get off the uh, off the wear. Um, Guys, okay. so here's the deal. We got a review and I meant to talk about this. We got a review which puts us up to one hundred and sixty five. I have a dream of getting to one hundred. I'm sorry, two hundred even by the end of the year. So if you haven't, the the deal has always been the same. Um, If you leave us a review, send us a screenshot. We will give you a sticker as a way of saying thank you. And this only counts for iTunes. But if you know someone who's got an iPhone and they haven't left us a rating review, that counts. Get on their their iTunes uh, Apple player. Leave us a five-star review. Tell everybody this is the greatest podcast in the state of Florida ever. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. So uh, with that, gentlemen, uh or and ladies and gentlemen, I should say, because I saw some ladies in the feed. I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in. Uh, I appreciate y'all spreading the word of Chasing Tales. We grew by 59% year over year in the month of March. And the only way that happens is through you guys telling people, which is freaking awesome. You guys are growing through word of mouth, the Chasing Tales Nation. And so, uh, guys, no matter what you do, get outside and enjoy the great outdoors. <laughs>